Blog Talk Radio. I want to ask you a question here in this service tonight. And those of you looking in by television, I'd like to ask you a question also. What are you programming yourself for? What are you setting yourself up for? Because people in general are constantly programming themselves for things without realizing it. People are constantly setting themselves up for negative experiences without realizing it. And then some, many times after people condition themselves and set themselves up for certain negative experiences and these negative experiences come into their lives, they say, why did this happen to me? And I want to give you a good example of that right now. A few years ago, when I first came to the city of New York to minister in mass evangelistic work, a lady came to me in counseling and said to me, Reverend Ike, I want you to pray for me. Because I am here in New York City working very hard, trying to keep up with my bills and not making much success. And at the same time, I'm trying to build myself a house back down in South Carolina where I came from. So that when I get old and feeble, I will have somewhere to go to. I can sit out on my front porch in my rocking chair. And so I looked at her and I said, Lady, do you know what you are doing to yourself? Here you are, healthy and strong, and you're programming yourself to become old and feeble. Listen to what she said again. I've talked about her many times. I just finally identified her Sunday. And I'm going to call her up here before the cameras in just a moment. <laughs> I said, you said, you're, you're saying that you're working hard, struggling, trying to build a house so that when you get old and feeble, you will have somewhere to go. I said, do you realize that you are programming yourself to get old and feeble? And so I talked her out of the idea of building a house and preparing it for her days when she would get old and feeble. I said, build a house, but build it to enjoy it. Don't build it for a place to get old and feeble in. It's like these people, you know, who save for a rainy day. Let me tell you, if you save for a rainy day, you're setting yourself up for a rainy day. You're programming yourself for a rainy day. I am not against saving, but don't save for a rainy day. Because if you save for a rainy day, honey, it's going to rain.
This is a study titled Guidelines for Happy, Successful Living. And it is an esoteric analysis of the Ten Commandments I would like to deal with for a moment. The word esoteric and the word exoteric, E-S-O-T-E-R-I-C, indicates inner, inner meaning, spiritual meaning, real meaning. Words and figures are exoteric, E-X-O-T-E-R-I-C, outer. So words and figures are exoteric, outer external symbols. Esoteric interpretation reveals the inner real meaning behind the exoteric or outer words and symbols. Here now is my definition of the Ten Commandments. It's a different definition than is usually given or thought of. After all, you see, the Ten Commandments are not just simply a set of thou shalts and thou shalt nots. The Ten Commandments are really guidelines for right thinking, which produce right living and right results. I want to be purposely redundant about this. The Ten Commandments are really guidelines for right thinking, which produce right living and right results. This is where our fundamentalist friends miss out completely on the interpretation of the Bible and the effectiveness of religion. It is impossible to interpret the Bible so-called literally and get a correct interpretation. The Bible is a book of mind science, a book of spiritual psychology. The Ten Commandments are guidelines for right thinking, for there cannot be right living or right results without first right thinking. And this is again where the evangelists have missed the boat in religion by trying to get people to live right without, first of all, teaching people to think right. And so in our consideration of the Ten Commandments in this series, we are studying the Ten Commandments as guidelines for right thinking which produce right living and right results. This is session one, and in this session, we are considering the first commandment. You will find this first commandment and all of the Ten Commandments in the 20th chapter of the book of Exodus in the Old Testament, in the Holy Bible, in the Judeo-Christian Scriptures as they would say in the theological cemetery, I mean seminary. And I read the first commandment for you from Exodus, the 20th chapter, the second and third verses. As a matter of fact, will you join me in the reading of this commandment? 
I am the Lord your God, which have brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. Right away, the first thing that the first of the Ten Commandments does is to tell us who, what God is. And if there happens to be any kind of examination, the first question is going to be, how does the first commandment define God? I am is the self-definition of God given in the first commandment. I am the self-definition of the infinite, the self-revelation of the infinite. The first commandment reveals God to be I am. Who is I am? I am is infinite, unconditioned self-awareness. I am is formless self-awareness. It is by thought that we condition the unconditioned God. It is by thinking that we form. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth. Nothing. Uh-huh. I know I'm sounding like I'm preaching to you, but I can't reach you unless I reach that spiritual nature. So here we go. 
let's get started. I always like to start with this because this, this here is a nice icebreaker. It's a definition. And I want to know how many black people we got in this room today? Huh? Wow. I'm impressed because I'll be having almost the whole room raising their hand when I ask that question. The whole room we're at, like, y'all not black? Y'all not black? Now, I'm going to have somebody read this, and I'm going to pick him out. Brother, Ray right back there. Take that to him. And then you can pass it on. We're going to look up the word American. And um, the first word is black. Read that nice and loud. I mean, so everybody can hear that. That's... Let me tell you what dictionary that is. You, 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 bro. I, I, I'm picking on you because you have a different shade, and I want you to read that because that comes out with more force from you than it would come from me or anybody that looks like me. Huh? The word black? Black. Bro. Read it out loud. Black. Black, pale, man, wine, livid. No, slow down. Go back and read that again. Black, pale, Wine livid. Wine and livid is deviations of pale and bleached. But go ahead. Um, to become pale, to turn white, to become black, to blacken, pale man. Right there. I think we got the point, right? Yes, sir. Now, that's Norris Webster's original Dictionary. He was a Christian because his, his history of his life is live. This is Hindsight Radio. I represent the information station changing the nation. that they were switching up words. And he wanted... Peace to the God. You're listening to Hindsight Radio. This is Akeem from Hindsight Radio, the information station changing the nation. I'm making this really quick uh, video about the national passport. Uh, The one question I keep getting from people is, is my passport going to look different? Is it going to say that I'm a state national? Is it going to say national on it? Is it going to have some look different from the passport I had pre-prior to me applying for my national passport status. The answer simply put is no. Your passport will look identical to the one you had 
before. The difference is how you filled out the application. That was what makes a difference. See, people do not understand how contracts work. When you filled out the application, the first time you filled it out as a U.S. citizen, and you set up certain things on that application to look like a U.S. citizen. Now, when you come to me, I teach you how to fill it out as a national, but not a citizen of the United States. And they give you your passport. What people forget about, and it's very frustrating to keep repeating myself, is this. When you do the application, you swear an oath to say that everything on that application is true and correct under penalty and perjury, right? So the first time you did it, when you did it as a U.S. citizen, you swore that you was a U.S. citizen, right? Which you lied because I taught you, if you, anybody who's come to my seminars, I tell you, you never was a U.S. citizen if you was born in one of the sovereign states of the Union. If you're born in New York, you're a New Yorker. North Carolina, you're a North Carolinian. You so if you're in South Carolina, South Carolinian. So you assumed you were a U.S. citizen because on the application, that's all they gave you. It was a yes or no. Are you a U.S. citizen? It was a mind game. It was a mind uh, Jedi mind trick for you. And you hear so many people talking about, oh, you're a U.S. citizen, this, that, and the other, because you have a birth certificate from New York. No, my birth certificate does not say U.S. on it. It says New York, and I can only go to New York to get my birth certificate. So if I was a U.S. citizen, I should be able to go down to D.C. to get it. I should go anywhere in this, in any one of the states to get it. No, I can only get my birth certificate from the place I was born in or AKA the country I was born in. And if people have a confusion about whether state is a country, let's look up the definition again. I've done this so many times. So let's look it up. It's right there. See the synonyms of uh, state, a nation or territory considered as an organized political community under one government. Country. Here's, there it is. That's the synonym for state. See? So, back on topic. Is your passport going to look different? No. It's going to look identical to the one. Why do I know this? Because the Department of State said it. Here it is. On the, If you read this whole thing, Certificates of Non-Citizen Nationality, if you go back and read, look at my other video, I did a video completely on this. But it says here, I'm not reading this whole thing. It says, as the department has received few requests, there is no justification of a non-citizen national certificate. Now, this, this non-citizen national certificate is a Jedi mind trick also, but that's explained in my other video. I just want to get to the part where what they're going to give you. Designing a separate document that includes anti-fraud mechanisms was seen as an inefficient expenditure of resources. Therefore, the department determined that those who would be eligible to apply for such a certificate may instead apply for a United States passport that would delineate and certify their status as a national but not a citizen of the United States. See, people don't read this. So they don't see this part. National but not a citizen. It would delineate. What is the delineation? It's not the book itself. It's your application. 
That's the delineation. How you filled it out, what you took an oath to. So when you do my process that I'm teaching, you're going to be taking an oath to being a national but not a citizen of the United States because you're going to have the proper line outs. You're going to have the proper uh, explanatory statements that connects you to that uh, oath or that um, that uh, declaration that you're making. So, no, your book won't look different. It's going to look the same. One of the reasons I, I think they do that because they, they know how big mouth everybody is. Oh, look at my book. I'm a national. Look, 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 look. See, no, nah, no. Nah. That's the type of stuff that people do. They get something and they want to run around bragging. Look, I'm this. I'm that. Step, just like this is not for that. This is for freedom. This is, you want to be a nationalist for freedom so you can go private. And private people keep their mouth shut and stop running around and don't actually have to have something that, from them, that says who they are. You say who you are by way of your explanatory statements. You make that declaration. Really, years ago, your passport was your application. Passport used to be 11, 11 by 17. Years, a couple of hundred years ago, it wasn't a book. So to to to, de- to uh, make everything uniform, they gave you a book, so you didn't have to carry that paper around. That's why I tell you guys to go get a certified copy of your application that you filled out to show how you did it. So you're not going to give them the passport book when you're proving you're a national but not a citizen of the United States, you're going to give them your certified copy of your application that you filled out that they approved and sent you your book on. You understand? So there you go. It's not going to look any different. It's going to look the same as the one you had before. The difference is you. You and your energy, your studies, helped you be a national but not a citizen of the United States. And it's that FOIA request, when you put it in, that's going to be the proof that you're going to get. That's why when I teach, you order the book, then you order the certified copies of your application because you're going to use that to correct other things. Everybody, all right, here we go. All right, peace, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Truth Tuesday show with your host, Akeem L, here on Hindsight Radio, information station changing the nation. I hope everybody had a good week. Oh, we had an excellent week. Had a good time with your family if you celebrated Thanksgiving. If you didn't, hope you had a good time. I know a lot of people don't celebrate, but a lot of people do celebrate. You know, people do things by choice. I understand the meaning of uh, Thanksgiving and all of that. You know where it all came from, but it's it's not that for me and my family. We just like having um, people over and just having a good time. We had uh, some good friends of mine came over, my buddy Thomas's wife, 
Matt came over. Um, who else was there? Oh, uh, my wife's brother came in from out of town. It was my first time actually meeting him in person. And we had a good time. We had good food. Um, we had um, we had it catered uh, by Marguerite Catering. Um, it's a new new catering company in North Carolina. Uh, just started over a year ago, um, but the food was excellent. Everybody took a business card. Um, you know, I thought I give my wife a break. She didn't have to cook, but she cooked something anyway. But you know, I thought it'd be easier to just have someone else do it. And we had so much food left over. We to try to. We just finished most of it off. I think yesterday. But overall, it was a good holiday time with the family. Um, we played games. First time I ever played this game called Your Black Card is Revoked. It's kind of a fun game. I think I'm going to go buy that game so we can continue to play it. Um, had some thought-provoking conversation as well. But, it, you know, we had a good time. My wife's here in the studio with me. She's 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 over there. I don't know what you doing. What you watching? What you watching? <laughs> she can't. They can't hear you. This mic is like, yeah. Oh uh, yeah. She's in the studio with me over there, chilling, spending some time with me. Um, but I was listening. I don't know if you got on when the show first. Sometimes if you're getting on YouTube, you can't hear what I play on. Log talk. Um, hang on a second. Let him know to get that trash. Yeah, so Reverend Ike was talking about people programming their minds basically to lose, basically not to be successful. You know, and that, that we come from a generation of naysayers, generation of negative uh, of talk, and um, we we come from that 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 uh because we you know we and, you know I grew up in the hood you know I grew up in Bedford Stuyvesant Brooklyn most of my life and. You hear negative stuff. You can't do this. I remember the, it was a class, and it was asking, what would you want to be when you grow up? I said, I want to be the president. And everybody was saying, no, you, you're not going to be the president. You'll never be the president. Why? Because I was so-called dark, black. You know, at that time, that's what they were calling each other. And although I said that, I knew, um, I knew that, in the back of my mind, I was saying to myself, I'm probably not going to be the president. But there was a teacher. And and then the other question was, what's the best job to have? And I said, the president of the United States. And he did bring up an interesting point. He said, no, it's not the best job you can have because everybody's criticizing you for what you do. You know, some people's not going to like everything you do. And, you know, I was a kid. This is probably fifth grade. I didn't think about that, you know, but he didn't say 
Now, he's, he was a white teacher, but he didn't say I couldn't be a president. Now, everybody that looked like me said to me that I couldn't be. But he didn't. He never said that. He never came out and said. It. He said, "Yeah, it's cool. That's a, you know, you want that job, but hey, this is the responsibility that goes with that type of job." But back to what I was saying. We come from family, friends, are programmed to let us know what's wrong, and never, and, and they hardly ever tell us what's right. You know, it's very few times you hear people, you know, want to tell you what's right and commend you on things. I get it a lot because of what I do. But just in normal situations, prior to doing this type of work, I didn't get those types of praises all the time. And mainly when people give me praise in this space, I, I kind of, you know, some people are not doing it because they really mean it. They want something from me you know, because of the position I hold. As a whole, we have grown up hearing negative things, seeing negative things. You know, in our history class, they didn't give us any good information about who we really were. They, they was like, oh, yeah, you guys got dragged here from Africa and made just be slaves for 400 years. Nothing good. You know, it wasn't until I got older and I started discovering Wait, wait a minute, we has we, we invented everything that everybody's using right now. You know? It was and that that came from my own due diligence and study to look into the matter. No one was offering it to me. You know, how they freely offer their negative words, their negative teachings, they free, they'll offer that to you for free all day you know, and give you an abundance of that negativity and give you give you a very small dose of some positive thinking or some positive words. So what do you have to do? How do you fix that? You're going to have to do that for yourself. You can't even expect your family to do it for you. Actually, there was a um, – let me look it up real quick. This was here. I was reading this. I think it's in. uh, Let's see. I think it's just John four forty four. John four forty four. I think it is. Let me let me skim it real quick. I let me read my you know, I have several Bibles here. Um I wanna read it in my other one because it was it, it was said in a certain way that really brought home what you're dealing with <laughs> when you're dealing with your people. Um Yeah, here it is. Testified their present honor. I don't know. Give me a second, y'all. 
All right. In John 40, 44, 44, you know, Christ had did all these things. And it says here, and I'm just going to read this one. It says, for Jesus himself had testified that, well, it said 43, it says, when two days were over, he went from the place to Galilee. But Jesus himself had testified that a prophet has no honor in the prophet's own country. And basically what that's saying is you're going to have a lot th- lot of things going for you. You're going to be uh, exhibiting a lot of great talents to people. But your own people in your own country, your own home will not honor you. But what do you do in that situation? You try to force the force the information. You try to continue. No, you leave that. He left in this in this scripture. He left. He walked away. He went somewhere else where the people, where the information or what he was doing was resonating with them. See, because if you keep staying in a place where people are not gonna give you credit for the things that you're gonna do, that's gonna eventually bring you down. That's a, that's eventually gonna put you in a state of frustration. And depression. Because you're sitting there trying to be the dead horse. Because see, a lot of these people that you are connected to and watching you doing all of these great things now, they know your past. (laughs) They know the things you used to do, and that's what they want to hold against you. They don't want to hold the good stuff you're doing now against you. They want to hold the bad stuff you did 20 years ago against you. Maybe it was a year ago. Who knows? You see? So, like I was saying, we have been we have grown up and become accustomed to feeding each other bad information, negative information. Even like, you know, some people think they mean well, they share these these crazy articles with me about the bad things that's going on around the world just constantly. You know, I look at this stuff here and there, but I don't want to continuously program my mind with all of the negative information. The newest negative information that's out is, you know, we got Omicron now, this new variant that's supposed to be of concern. We went from China to Cybertron now. <laughs> you know, Okay. I mean, and if you can't see through all of this this nonsense, then, you know, I don't know what to tell you. You know, but it's going to be Omicron today, and it's going to be something else tomorrow. And if you look back, you probably weren't paying attention because they didn't shut down the world before. They always had something going on. They had the swine flu. They had the Spanish flu, the black plague. Every, all of these things come up. These, these are, this is not what's happening now and why you're paying attention now because they shut down your livelihood for a while. You know? That's right. I did say that. I said we went from China to Cybertron. You know, Omicron. <laughs> you know, and it's... It, it, we, when you have a certain mindset, it becomes like, okay, here we go again. You just and you just keep rolling. Life, like last week, we had a great time with people from with different people at our home. So Omicron, Cybertron, all of that stuff, it didn't affect us. 
Because see, things only affect you if you let it get into your consciousness. If you feed yourself this bad stuff, it's going to affect you. You can make yourself sick thinking about sickness. I keep telling you, your mind is a very powerful thing. And if you don't get a control of it, the world will take control of it and tell you what to think, tell you what to do, tell you what to, how much money you should make. And, and, and really, I have friends that struggle with the idea that a job is the optimum form of, you know, making money. They're, they're afraid of going out there and doing something else. Why? Because they are programmed. Let me keep this job. It's safe. I know how little I'm going to make. See that negativity that they've been fed? Schools, the churches, they didn't give us what we needed for real survival. They kept on, wait on Christ, he's coming, his day, just wait on the Lord. Meanwhile, your bills are piling up, waiting on the Lord. When the Lord you should be waiting for, all you had to do was go in your bathroom, go in your, wherever you got a mirror and look at it, there's the Lord that you're waiting for, for you to make that move and make a change. You have the power to make changes in your life. You have the power to make your life good or bad. It's your choice. You have the power to make your day good or bad. People are always going to do things to distract you from your mission of being prosperous, from being happy, joyful, loving. People are always going to be doing things outside of you to, to get you to look at it and, and feed into it and get upset or get depressed about it. It's always going to happen. You're not going to stop that. But what you can stop is how you take it, whether you're going to take it personal or not. Are you going to allow to continue to allow people to feed your mind negative information or negative ideas, negative thoughts? Okay, who's in the chat? Let's see. All right, we got to make some more. Thanks. Thanks for the donation every week. I appreciate it, brother. Appreciate you. Uh, Karini, happy Tuesday. Secure. 704, peace. Greg W., peace. Prosperity, you too. Marion Johnson, peace to you. Secure a party. Yes, sir. Got that certified copy. Now I'm looking for it. I don't even know where I put it. <laughs> uh, Red Bay, uh, Dow G, Antonio L. Yes, right. Uh, if this, get them likes up, y'all. Hit, click the like, like and subscribe. Uh, C King Bay, peace. Yeah, and last night we had a great class. You know, I moved the class to uh, peace, Greg. Uh, to all of the classes is on Monday every two weeks. We had almost a two-hour class last night with a lot of great questions. Uh, went over. You know, one of the members got a letter from the State Department of Revenue about, you know, I mean, I'm going to just read read the letter, read part of the letter here, see if I can find it. I'm not going to show it on the screen. I'm just going to read it. You know, whenever they send you correspondences, they, 
they uh um they always tell you how to fix your problems. You just gotta read it. Alright, so I'm gonna read this real quick. I'm not gonna show it on the screen because it's someone's personal thing and I don't want it says our records show a return may be required but not been filed for tax years blank 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 and then they want they said please send the following a state tax return copies of canceled checks if applicable copies of W-2s, copies of federal individual tax, copies of tax returns filed in other states. Then it says, see, that's why you always have to read the whole thing. It says, if you were not required to file a return for the tax years listed, bust in the written statement, explaining why along with any supporting documentation. So what I will do, I've done this before and I'll do it again. I think it's worth doing it again. Because um, in the 1040 instructions, it tells you who that that 1040 is for. So let's let's share the screen. All right, there we go. First off, it says here. Find the page because it tells you who this is for. Filing requirements. These rules apply to all U.S. citizens regardless of where they live and resident aliens. So if you're a U.S. citizen or a resident alien, this applies to you if you're one of those. Okay? If you're not, it doesn't apply to you. Simple as that. (laughs) Right? Then you go down this page, 108. Right here, it says, our legal right to ask for information, Internal Revenue Code Section 6001, 6011, 6012, and their regulations. They say that you must file a return of statement with us for any tax you are liable for. Key word, it says file a return or a statement. So if you're not one of those, your official statement, you know, this brother's official statement says, I'm not responsible for a U.S. tax return because I'm not. But you, I'm not any of those things that you say it's for. And then, you know, if you've done the passport process, I'd, I'd send copies of that. Not your actual certified copy, but a copy of it. Oh, explanatory statements, things like that. I'll have it all in there. But see, in the, in the letter, oh, it also states, and this is where people get in a lot of trouble. This is where people get in trouble. They they don't read the whole thing, and it says, what happens if you do nothing? Failure to send a requested documentation within 30 days from the date of this letter may result in an assessment being issued based upon wages, income, records. So, if you don't do anything, this is a contract. They're going, they're going to make a contract for you. So there, you have to answer these things. It's unsigned, by the way. It's just some robo-letter robo that they send out. See there, 
a quick teaching right there on something like some of you might have that. I just gave now, if you want me to go into detail, break down exactly what to say, uh, schedule a consultation at keemail.com, $75, 30 minutes, and I'll go into detail. But if you were in my membership class, we did a whole membership class where I went into detail and said exactly what to say. I just kind of generalized for the sake of time here on the show. Somebody's got a question in the chat. Islam, brother Akeem, I have a question about an old child's put that in the old cap's name, but can I still get in the new name? I love your channel. Okay. The problem is when you put in that social, it's going to be connected with the all caps, and that is going to cause a problem for you to get a, get a passport. If you owe child support over $2,500 or more, if you owe that. So um, that could present a problem. I know you not that's not you, but they're making a presumption that it is you. He said, uh, the maximum says, people need to go to how to win a court without a lawyer. You will beat your child's progress, but still take care of your children's responsibility for a man must do, for a man must do his right. He's saying, yeah, take care of your children. You know? Yes, child support is unconstitutional. It's involuntary saving too, but it's not an opportunity for you not to take care of your children. You know, you're still supposed to take care of your children. You shouldn't be forced to do anything. All right, let's see who's in the uh, thing. If you got a question or a comment, the number is going across the screen there. Um, oh, an announcement. So, New Year's Eve, December the 31st, we'll do our, our yearly uh, money ritual. Um, so, I'll, I'll make a quick keep announcing it or make a quick video on what you need. You need a pencil, paper bag, and uh, something to burn that paper bag. What we do every year is we write down the good things that we desire for the new year. And we know this is the corporate new year. It's not the true new year. but And we burn it. So get you a piece. Have your pencil. Uh, I'll create the Zoom meeting. And you could join. I might do it live. You know, this year I'll probably do it live right here on um, Blog Talk. I'll do it live. We do a live money ritual or prosperity ritual. Yeah, we do it live. That's what we'll do. Yeah, so everybody could join. So December 31st, probably set up the the uh, – about 11 uh, p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I'll set up the room, have it open. And I'm probably going to probably have that same young lady who catered our food for the hol- this past holiday um, to do it again. Probably do that. I talked to my buddy Thomas and told him that he wanted to join us this year. Um uh, his wife said me let me know. He was said he was down. I think they both are disgusted. So hopefully they'll join us this year, and hopefully you and your family will join us. Like I, like, I mean, we I do it every year, and every year is more successful than in, than the last year. 
See, this is called putting your uh, your intentions out there. When you're writing down and being specific about what you want and how you want things to happen in your life. See, we're very specific about negative stuff a lot of times because we speak it all the time. We're in the habit of uh, breaking down negative things. But we need to get in the habit of speaking on positive things. A maxim says, I am Prosperity with the new Big Rick truck and a brand new 2021 Ford Explorer XLT red SUV and money is growing by the day. See, that's it right there. That's how you do it. That's how you claim it. That's what I'm talking about. That's a good affirmation. And yeah, when you're doing your affirmations, you have to talk about it as if you already own it. You want a big, nice house Envision yourself in a big, nice house. Be very as specific as you can. As specific as you can. See, we've been specific on some bad things that's happened to us. Like, people are being, the best example I can use is in a relationship and and you're looking for negative things to happen and then when it happens i knew i knew it was going to happen yeah it happened because you kept visualizing it and then it happened then you trying to think that it was them no you put that energy out there and brought it to yourself you were looking for it same thing you might be falling short on money. Your money is looking a little tight. That's gonna and you're speaking on, oh man, this is gonna make me tight. Then when it get tight, yeah, I knew it. You spoke on it before it happened. You created it with your own thoughts. No, you gotta rebuke those devilish ideas. Those devil thoughts. You gotta rebuke that dog. No, I mean just cause this happened doesn't mean that I'm gonna lose everything and my money. No. Never make an agreement with being broke or losing everything. You know, I know that people say, well, people lose things and then they got better. Yeah, well, at some point before they lost everything, they identified with that losing everything and made a contract with it and accepted it. And then when they got it, they didn't want it. Then they made a new contract and said, I'm not going to be broke anymore. And then they stopped being broke. See, I think the gurus and a lot of these people who talk like that, oh, yeah, you got to lose everything to get everything. No, you don't. The only reason why people lose, and I thought of when I lost things, I thought about it first. There was a time where I was making big, big money weekly. And then I, and then I sat down and thought about it. Man, this can't, this can't last forever. You know, there's always something come. We, I, I spoke that into the and guess what? It got slow. Instead of constant, because when I was flowing, I'm, man, this is coming, and I kept wanting to come, and then when it was coming and coming, and then I just started thinking negative. And then when it came, I said, yeah, well, it's just, that's the way it is. No, that's the way it is because I spoke that into existence. The amount of money you have right now, if you're having a hard time with money, you need to accept the fact that somewhere – in your mind, you accepted yourself having that amount of money or having no money or struggling with that bill. You accepted that. You expected it because you saw a, you saw a potential situation come where you might have lost something 
and then you said, oh man, this is going to make me tight. This is going to make me not have. And you kept reinforcing that idea. Okay, you lost something. But what I've known from my own experience is a lot of times if I think positive about losing something, I lost it for a reason. It happened for a reason for me to get something bigger. So what I have, what I've learned to do is when I get into a situation like that, I start thinking, oh, positive. Okay, this happened. Okay, I got to accept that that's gone. So I, that means that something bigger and better is coming, and I'm expecting to have more bigger and better. And guess what? It comes. It comes. You are, as they would say, a magical divine being. You can you can make anything happen for yourself. You can. And you have been doing it. You just haven't had any control over your powers of manifestation. That's what it's called. Power. That's what Christ was showing people. How to manifest miracles. How to manifest healing. How to manifest prosperity. How to manifest abundance. How he, see the whole, remember the, the five loaves of bread, the fish thing? There was very little when you had a crowd of people, crowd of people to feed. But somehow, he didn't accept the, the, the physicalness of looking at that basket and, and saying, okay, that's all we, he didn't say that's all we got. They just kept breaking bread and feeding and feeding and feeding. He didn't accept that that physical manifestation was it. That's the moral of that story. That little bit of money that you might be in a bank account. It's a distraction from the abundance that's coming to you. Because if you keep looking at that, that's all I can say. That's all I got. See, Christ didn't say that's all I got. He didn't say that. Let's see. Let's get the, uh, the scripture. Let's read it. That was John 6, 1 to 14. Let's do that. You know, I got time to read that. It says, it says, Jesus feeds 5,000. Let's share that screen. Let's see that. Because I want y'all to see the spiritual esoterical meaning behind this scripture. What was it? Phone tab. There we go. Alright, All right. so it says Sometime after this I like to read the whole thing So you can get the whole context and everything It says sometime after this Jesus crossed to the far shore Of the Sea of Galilee That is the Sea of Tiberias And a great crowd of people followed him Because they saw the signs he had performed By healing the sick The people followed him why Because he was exhibiting positive behavior He was he wasn't giving out negative information. He was people that now was something different. And it was attracted to that. And Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. 
When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He said, where shall we buy it? They were providing it for the people. So, you know, come on. They didn't have to come buy it. He, they provided. He, he asked this. He asked this only to test him, for he had already had in mind what he was going to do. He see, he said that the test. He already knew what he was. His mind was already made up on how he was going to handle this situation. Philip answered him, "It would take more than a half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite." Philip was thinking physical. We need the money to do this. But if you look at verse 6, go back to verse 6. He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind his mind. He had it in mind what he was going to do. And that's what I'm trying to tell you. You need to have it in your mind how you're going to be successful. It wasn't about they didn't. He said, he, Philip said, it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one of them to have a bite. Another his disciples, Andrew, Simon, Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? Another physical manifestation of lack. And Philip, Andrew, Simon, Simon Peter's brother, all looked at that physical manifestation and accepted that contract of lack. But then Jesus said, have, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. They just said men. They didn't count children and women and children. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. So what did he do? He gave thanks for the what what he had. He accepted, hey, I'm thankful. So if you got a small amount of money in your bank account or in your pocket, whatever, you're supposed to be thankful and have the expectation that when you take that little bit of money and pay something with it, that it's going to come back to you tenfold. So you have that expectation. See, Christ had that expectation. The more he gave out, the more was going to be there to give out. And then he did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets. And with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten, after the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Let's go back to verse 6 again. It said, he already had in mind what he was going to do. What do you have in mind? What are you going to do? What's in your mind? I'm hoping that it's good thoughts that that maybe that $1,000 that, that you have to your name you're looking at it and looking at that $10 as $1,000 and that $100 as $100,000. Cuz that 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 money that you have now is just a preview of what you can have. So you give thanks, I have this. And I know the same way I got this, I'm going to get more. 
an abundance of always thinking abundance. You see, always thinking, having an abundance, overflowing. And watch, that's what will happen for you. It's not the circumstances outside of you that's causing your circumstance. It's what you have in mind that's causing the circumstance. Because... While all of the other apostles was doubting, oh, this is all we got. We don't have to spend half a year's wages to get this, feed all these people. And they just gave up. If Christ had accepted that, no one would have ate anything. He was like, okay. <laughs> Watch and see what happens. And he just kept giving out, giving out, giving out. That's a, that's a, that's a spiritual, esoterical teaching to show you how powerful your mind is that there is never lack it's just your idea of lack it's your it's your you're believing in you don't have anything look around see we have grown to depend on businesses to give us food people and things to give us food i mean some of us got backyards with dirt and all that. We can grow our food. But why don't we do it? Because we're too lazy. Oh, it's going to take time. It's going to take this long. It's going to do this. It's going to do that. We make up all kinds of excuses. You can, you can do it. Yes, it takes work. It takes a lot of work to, 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 to grow food, yes. But at the end, the harvest, when you start reaping what you sowed, it pays off. And now you don't have to look to these big box retail stores to do anything for you. The only reason why there's lack is because most people on this planet are depending on something or some company to feed them. I've been in what they call third world countries like Dominican Republic, Costa Rica, and the people who are looking poor and this and that. And I'm looking on the trees they got. Mangoes growing out of the trees, and their food is growing in their backyard, and they're looking broke. Why? Because they depend on the government to do it for them. And if the government's not doing for them, they feel like they don't have anything. See, they don't have it in mind that they already have prosperity. And that is the problem. People have in mind that the government's going to do it for them. The church is going to do it for them. The school is going to do it for them. Instead of saying, well, I'm not going to depend on these people to feed me. I'm not going to depend on these people to give me money. I go make my money, oh, my own money, and I can make as much as I want. I, I, I remember the first time I visited Jamaica, and I'm looking at this beautiful water, the landscape, the beach, and the brother that was helping me get on the um the the what are those the jet skis or the sea dudes, and he was like, "Man, you guys are lucky you live over there, this and that." And I had to stop him. I said, "Dude, I paid a couple of thousand dollars to come here. If it was so great over there, why am I here paying a couple of thousand dollars to spend a few days here in your country? Look around you. You can go in that ocean right now." and drop a rod in it and get you some nice fresh fish out of it. 
And over there is a coconut tree right behind us. See, your idea of abundance and what you what, wealth is kind of distorted. Because if the economy breaks down, you can just climb that tree or get up there and get your food. I can't do that where I live. There's no, no food growing on trees in my backyard. But as I, that 45-minute drive from the airport, I saw food on all the bananas. I saw all kinds of stuff that I can go and grab and pick. See, these governments have tricked people into thinking that real wealth is paper money. No, real wealth is land and what you can grow on that land. Because if you keep that land up, and our ancestors knew that, if you keep that land up, you'll never go hungry. You'll never starve to death. And you have all you need because that land will give you back what you need. But because they created a false sense of what it is to be successful, we're looking for paper money, things, and all of these things that deteriorate really fast as our way of prosperity. Now, you can have paper money. It's good to have because you can, you know, because you need it to get, you know, to see things. I'm not saying not to go for that, but what I'm saying is there will come a time where that paper money will mean nothing. And you got to go back to skills of, you know, going and hunting for your own food. Yeah. Uh, Just yesterday I was, you know, down by the lake fishing. <laughs> I'm learning how to, I'm, listen, I don't know what's going to happen with these governments. You know, they, they could collapse on me anytime, but I'm, I'm going to learn how to use a rifle to hunt for food and all of that. I'm preparing. Doesn't hurt. Because first of all, a lot of stuff in the grocery stores is junk food anyway. It's all processed. You know, yeah, somebody said they're giving us fish instead of showing us how to fish. Exactly. Uh, Maxim says, Psalm chapter 1, verse 2 and 3, and John chapter 3, verse 5, just go that you will no problem in your life by meditation and glass of water for your God mind. Yeah. All right. Prosperity ritual, December the 31st. 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, pencil, brown paper bag, and a lighter or somewhere safe to burn it so you don't burn your house down. Um, or set off the smoke detectors. All right? All right, it's 808. Man. Um, I don't know. Uh, let's see. I talked to my son earlier today and the other day. He he wants to come back and start doing this show again. Let's see. You know, uh, a client of mine gave me some deer meat. I had a, a had to debone it myself. Easy as cutting cake. Yeah, deer meat is good. One of the premium members that actually I went and it was his land we fished on. 
they they hunt deer meat. They hunt deer and they had some deer meat. I I was supposed to get some, but I forgot to take it with me. Um, but I want to learn how to you know actually hunt. Sit sit in that deer stand and hunt. All right, well, let's see. Nobody's on the phone line with their hands up. Okay, well, I'm going to shut it down. Um, thanks for tuning in. Hey, you got 32 people on. Y'all need to be hitting them like buttons. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for always supporting and making Hindsight Radio successful as it is and continue to make it successful. Uh, this is the time where I wind down. I don't do a whole lot of big, big teaching, but come January, we're going to be we're gonna be hitting it hard. We're going to hit it hard. I'm going to do some serious teaching. I got some some things out there cooking, waiting for it to come back. And, uh, oh, as a matter of fact, I got to give a shout-out to uh, uh, Wolf's Main Beard Care. This is them. I like this. This is I put this on before the show. Um, this is the cumin leaf. I actually like this. That's our official sponsor and supporter of Hindsight Radio. So I got to give them a shout. Matter of fact, before I go, let me play their little their uh, commercial. I shouldn't say little; the big commercial. Uh, where it is? Here it is. Speaking of products, uh, well, again, WolfsMainBeardCare.com. WolfsMainBeardCare.com. Go there if you're growing a beard. If you're not, I use it. I like it on my skin. Um, They got different flavors, and I have pretty much, I think I got most of them. But uh, they sent some samples to me, and I love it. Also, the Divine Connection Show, they have T-shirts at their website, um, melanated, uh, what's the other word? I, I, I actually wore the shirt the other day. It was actually good, great quality shirt. They sent a couple of samples to us. Um, go to jtmuse.com. I believe it's there. If I'm not, if I'm jtmuse.com. Uh, somebody want to know what the book Melanated National? There it is. <laughs> Melanated National. They're nice shirts. I wish I'd have brought one with me so y'all could see it. But next week I'll do that. Um, they're they're good shows. JTMuse dot com. Plus they do a show on Thursday called the Divine Connection Show. Um, what else? Someone's asking me, can one get the name of the books behind you, me? Oh, uh, well, my American Dictionary of the English Language, that's the 1828, the Living Western Encyclopedia Dictionary, the Webster's Third International Dictionary, uh, the Metaphysical Bible Dictionary, 
And uh, this is the Yahoo Bible. And, okay, this is my IRS book, Federal Mafia. This is an old book. This is one of those books that started the sovereign citizens off on their path. I just have this information. And on the other side, I got the third edition of, of the Black's Laws Dictionary on the other side of that. There's some books on the other side, uh, too, that you can't see. And that's it. But with that being said, um, I feel like I have something else to say. But I can't think of it right now. Well, anyway, you guys have a a good rest of your evening. Peace, prosperity, and extreme wealth to all.